Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. From Bali. Yes, I'm still here. I don't want to leave. I have to go back to Paris and pack up my Parisian life and move back to the United States. But yeah, like Bali is a vibe. Earlier tonight, I was walking around the neighborhood that I'm currently staying in. And I was like, I think this is where I'm going to live. And then I started looking at apartments. Unless something, you know, disastrous happens, which, you know, Lord willing, it does not. I'm just giving a caveat. I'm probably moving to Asia sometime in 2024. I got to work out the dates for it. But I was like, fall, autumn 2024. I was like, I think... Bali, Thailand, Malaysia. I don't know. I got to do my research to figure out where I want to visit versus where I want to be based out of. But definitely Bali. Like, I just, I love the energy here. I love the chaos here. And really by chaos, I really just mean traffic. Everything else is abnormally calm. It's just dope. I'm surprised it took me five years to get back here because I feel the same way this visit that I did last visit. It's just a kind of like magical place. The way I just love Paris for like no reason, I just love it because I love it. Or the same way with Accra for all of its, you know, ups and downs and frustrations and all of those things. Like I just, I just love it. Some places just absolutely do it for you. And and Bali is one of those places. Cape Town is another one. Like I just, I love it. But no, Bali has been good. I do basically nothing but eat well, go to spas, go to a beach club, watch the sunset, repeat. Admittedly, it's a really good life. The only thing that kind of drives me insane is the time difference. So like right now I'm recording the podcast. It's midnight in Bali. It is noon in East America. So anything that I need to do that requires communication with East America, I have to do very, very early in the morning or very, very late at night to catch East America in the morning. But like the middle of the day, sometimes you just want to reach out to people. Like not possible. No, because everybody's like sleep, sleep. That's the only real downfall. Otherwise, great food, great sunsets, great weather, at least right now. I think in October, it starts to get rainy and goes into monsoon season. I never want to be in Asia or or for that matter, anywhere else in the middle of a monsoon. Otherwise, Bali's freaking amazing. This is one of the best trips. And I've had some really good trips. But this is one of the best trips that I've been on in a very, very long time. Like I'm just, I don't want to leave. But I have to. At least I get to go back to somewhere else that I love. That's probably the end of our good news for this episode. This week has been (laughs) kind of trash. On Tuesday's episode, I had actually done a whole segment on Jeezy and Jeannie. And then also Tayana and Iman. I I think everybody heard about Jeezy filing for divorce. And everybody and their mother heard about Tayana announcing that she and Iman were separated and had been from quite some time. Which... Wasn't surprising to me. I'll tell you why in a second. At the time that I recorded the last episode, neither Jeannie or Jeezy had released any kind of public statement. Even like Page Six or people hadn't even talked to, you know, the anonymous sources close to the couple that always come out the woodwork to say what they're thinking. That hadn't happened yet. It has happened now. 
I really didn't have anything to add to the conversation that was already out there. I actually, I guess this is kind of weird given some of the things that Jeannie has said. I, I don't think I knew her full quote about black men at the time. I was actually for Jeannie and Jeezy. Like, I think I talked about their wedding. I think they wore pink. She had a pink wedding dress. Jeezy had a pink suit. They got married. I want to say in their backyard. I thought they were a cute couple. I was happy for them. I remember Jeannie giving this interview about Jeezy. I don't know if she was saying like this was the moment that she knew he was a one. But she was giving this antidote about, I want to say there was a party for him. I don't know if it was his birthday party or something, but he was being celebrated and she was there with him. And, you know, she's got a full-time job. She had to leave to go to the airport to go to whatever engagement that she had. And she was going to call a car to come get her and take her to the airport. And Jeezy was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to drive you to the airport. And she was like, you have a whole event and all these people are here to see you. And he was like, yeah, but you're my woman and you're leaving for X amount of time. Of course, I'm going to drive you to the airport. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's really into her. I didn't really watch the reel like that. It just wasn't, nothing wrong with the show. It just wasn't my thing. But I knew enough about it to know who was part of the cast and a a general understanding of their personalities. Jeannie, for the most part, to me, was pretty unproblematic from what I knew. She had this quote. I remember people talking about it when she and Jeezy, I guess, announced they were dating or engaged about like, oh, she had a preference for white guys. I think I just attributed it to she was married to a white guy. Yeah, okay, like if you're married to a white guy, you probably shouldn't get on TV saying like how much you love black men or non-white men if if your husband is a white guy. But in wake of the announcement that Jeezy had filed for divorce, there's a quote from Jeannie that says something like, let me go find it. She said, love black guys, but for me, dark meat on the side, white meat keeps me lean and mean. That's what I like. It's a horrible quote. She continued saying, I really do think black men are attractive. I do. She said, I just mean when I think about men, I like dark men. I do. One of her co-hosts, and I'm reading this on Yahoo, it doesn't say which one, responded to Jeannie and she said, you like your main man to be white and your side piece black. What year was this? Was this after Black Lives Matter? Correction. Let me say before George Floyd, because I don't think you could get away with saying this. We could probably get away with saying it now because we backtracked from even before George Floyd. But there was a time when you couldn't say this. This would have been a fireable offense. So her co-worker challenges her and Jeannie Yahoo describes it as her backtracking. And she says, what I meant is I used to date black men. I think they're attractive. But what I decided to stick to just kept me the happiest was my man, Freddie, who happens to be white. Freddie was her then husband at the time. So Yahoo makes a point to note that in wake of her divorce from Jeezy, that this dark meat comment has been resurfacing and they're wondering what impact, if any, her commentary and perspective on black men had to do with Jeezy filing for divorce. This is also a quote that they included on Yahoo. They did a roundup of reactions that people were having to the divorce announcement. They quote one person as saying, Jeezy was crazy for even dating a woman who would say dark meat on the side, white meat keeps me mean and lean on a nationally televised show. Somebody else said Jeezy should have ran fast while another person wrote, what an awful thing to say. Which, yeah, 
But Jeezy has filed for divorce according to uh, documents in Georgia's Fulton County Superior Court. He claimed the marriage was irretrievably broken with no hope for reconciliation. It said Jeezy asked for joint legal custody of their daughter. Is that kid, how old is that kid? Is she even two? They've only been married two years, so the kid is under two. They say Jeezy asked for joint legal custody of their daughter with, quote, final decision-making to, quote, be established in accordance to the best interest of the child as determined by the court. Oh, yeah, Yahoo clarifies they got married in March 2021 after two years of dating. And then they had their daughter in January 2022. So she's almost two. Damn. It ain't my business. I do wonder what happened, though. I hope they never tell us because we really don't need to know and, and the public really can't do anything about it. But if you want to share with the group, I'll listen. I saw an article on page six. They said Jeannie is devastated, quote and unquote, devastated that Jeezy filed for divorce. An unnamed source who was given no description, just, just quoted as a source told page six. The source said the truth is Jeannie wants her marriage to work and wants her family to be one solid unit. She deeply loves Jeezy and she wants to work things out. She did not get married to get divorced. This was not part of the plan. This is not how she ever imagined things would go down. The insider added, still reading from page six, even though Jeezy has filed, Jeannie is holding out hope that he would be willing to sit down and work things out. She is hoping for a resolution and wants to remain as a united family unit. Oh dear. I did see some rumors that were circulating. There was a story circulating that Jeannie had cheated allegedly with Mario Lopez. TMZ has determined that was a lie. They have a headline yesterday that said, no hookup with Mario Lopez, zero infidelity amid Jeezy divorce. And they note, quote, ever since Jeezy filed for divorce, one particular unfounded rumors gathered steam online that Jeannie cheated on Jeezy with Mario Lopez. But we're told all that rank speculation is a load of BS. Sources close to Jeannie tell TMZ there's absolutely no truth to any rumblings of infidelity between her and the Access Hollywood host or for anyone else for that matter. Still reading from TMZ, they say the false buzz stems from the fact Jeannie was a guest host with Mario last month on his show. But we're told any perceived chemistry between them is simply professional. Translation, it's showbiz, folks. Well, it's glad that that's cleared up. I never like to hear about people divorcing. Even though later in this episode, we're probably going to talk about a couple that I'm like, yo, they need to divorce for her sanity, to salvage her career, to get away from crazy because that shit is contagious. Nicki Minaj. We'll talk about that in a second. I told you this week's episode is just a mess. But no, I take no delight even with her terrible, absolutely terrible commentary on black men. I take no delight in hearing about their divorce. They've only been married a couple years. They've got this young daughter. They're two... Ordinary people, what John Legend would call them, who tried to make something work and obviously it's not working. I think I'm becoming more tolerant in my like old age. Some people get older and become less tolerant, more staunch in their ways. And I'm really just like, I don't know, maybe because I'm at peace. Like I, I wish peace for everyone. I don't want people to be sad. I don't want people to be in drama. So yes, yeah, so I wish them the best, especially since they have a young child that they're going to have to co-parent forever. I hope they can find some amicable 
middle ground, do what's best for their child and also save their own sanity. Like divorce is just such a a terrible thing. Like I've talked about it many times on here. I don't feel the need to belabor the point because it's been like forever at this point. I really only think about it when it's stories like this or when someone brings it up. But it's just a really terrible place to be in. And it's not even something I would wish on the worst of my enemies. And there's a bunch of people I really don't like who I think really deserve the worst that life has to offer. And I still wouldn't wish it on them because it's just that bad. And Jeannie, (laughs) perhaps she doesn't deserve my sympathy, especially given her commentary. I mean, I know it's about black men, but it's still about black people. Like I still feel a way. Perhaps she doesn't deserve my sympathy. And even still, I have it for both her and Jeezy. The idea that you're married to someone, because you know, with her ex-husband, the reason for the divorce, according to her, was they had both agreed that they didn't want children. And then after they were married, and I think they were married for about 10 years, he was like, so I changed my mind. I want a kid. And so she was like, well, okay, I haven't changed my mind. I don't want a kid. And so they went back and forth about it for a while. And then they decided to go their separate ways. And I think while she was still divorcing him, he started dating somebody else. He got that woman pregnant, eventually married her. And now they're together in wherever they are doing whatever they're doing. So she gets divorced from one person because she doesn't want to have a kid. And then she gets with Jeezy. Whatever it is about Jeezy inspires her to want to get married again, inspires her to want to have a baby. And she's gone ahead and done that. The baby is not even two. And the guy who inspired her to have a kid after she didn't want one goes and files for divorce from her. I would be in an insane asylum. Is that like two divorces in under five years? One was bad enough. Two? And public at that? Because that just exacerbates the issue. Like, oh God, I would be a mess. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Also in this week, we've gone our separate ways, kind of, news. There was a story, I guess late last week it started circulating. There was a video or a picture, I guess. I think somebody said video. I never saw a video. I just saw screenshots of Iman Shumpert, Tiana Taylor's husband, former NBA player, actor, currently on The shy father to their two beautiful, beautiful children. 
beautiful little girls. There were photos of a woman wearing his chain. The woman later debunked the rumors and was like, he and his friends all have similar chains. I was wearing somebody else's, not Iman. He's just a friend. There's no more to it. I don't even follow them like that for various reasons. And I noticed maybe three months ago or so that I hadn't seen a picture of them or a red carpet with them or, or anything with them. I think he has a podcast. I'd seen clips of his podcast. I'd seen photos of her attending various events. And I just noticed that like I hadn't actually seen a, a new picture of them in quite some time. And I just wondered, I was like, oh, I wonder if something's up. There's 50 million valid reasons that are not indications of marital strife or separation or divorce or infidelity or, or anything terrible. Why couples may not post a picture. Because they don't post a picture doesn't mean they don't go places. It doesn't mean they're not in the same room. It doesn't mean they're not one big happily family. It just literally means they don't post on Instagram. But they had, for years, they had a TV show. They were, you know, seen together. They took red carpet pictures. They took random pictures. They took family pictures. They were on the cover of magazines. They were very publicly a family. And then all of a sudden, you didn't see them much anymore. So there was a shift of some kind. It was just a matter of, you know, what the shift was about. And again, it could have absolutely nothing to do with the state of their marital relationship. It just does so happen that in this instance, it was an indication. Rumors about Iman cheating were everywhere. And Tiana released a statement clarifying what was going on with them. She referred to him in an Instagram post last Sunday as her quote and unquote bestie. She wrote, Iman and I are separated and have been for a while. To be 1000% clear, infidelity ain't one of the reasons for our departure. We are still the best of friends, great business partners, and are one hell of a team when it comes to co-parenting our two beautiful children. Most importantly, we are a family. And in the 10 years together, seven years married, we ain't ever played with or about that. She said the reason that we don't know what's going on is because, quote, we keep y'all asses, the public, out of the group chat, LOL, which is the reason we've been able to successfully and peacefully separate without all the outside noise. The only reason I'm even sharing this part of the chat is because the narratives are getting a little bit out of hand and it's unfair to all parties involved. I hope this provided some clarity for y'all. Okay, taking y'all back out the chat. Bye. All things considered for a separation announcement, this was pretty good. You're calling him my bestie, which gives the public the indication that there's not beef. You talk about co-parenting. You remind people that we were husband and wife, but we're also still business partners. And also, this ain't your goddamn business, to be quite honest with you. Which is true. She's the only one married to him. And he's the only one married to her. So she said, we keep y'all asses out the group chat, which, you know, as much as I like to know what's going on, the public does not really belong in the group chat. Keeping us on the outside is actually exactly where we should be. It's just so rare that people do it. So basically she said she's giving us an update for clarity because Iman was getting dragged. People were looking at her crazy. Thank you for the update. Appreciate the clarity. But no, we don't need to be in the group chat. I hope this is the last we hear of it for quite some time. Again, I take no delight in hearing about a couple in strife. I take no delight in it. Like I don't have a key key about it. It's sad. I just know that both of them are dealing with, you know, even if they're co-parenting and even if they're not at each other's throats, it's just, it's just sad. Divorce is just, or separations even, it's just hard. Like the uncertainty of 
your life, your future, your everything, every, every single aspect of your life is tied up in a marriage. And when you don't know what's going on with your, with your marriage, with your partner, it just throws your entire life into chaos. It's best for both of them for their own sanity. They're not on the internet too much and, and they don't have a public up in a group chat. I love Shannon Sharp. He tickles me to no greater end. He posted this interview that he did with D-Wade. And I think I said this last time D-Wade did an interview. And I was like, yo, he be talking way too much. Like, I know you want to share. I know you want to, you know, correct narratives when you feel like people are coming for you. But in the process of doing such, you be saying a lot, bruh. D-Wade did this interview with Shannon Sharp. And Shannon Sharp is a really good interviewer, especially with men. But he asked D-Wade about having a child with another woman while he was with Gabrielle Union. And if you remember this story from back in the day, like 10 years ago, the story was that Gabby and D-Wade were on break. They were a very public couple. Everyone knew they were together. Their version of events was we were on break. We didn't tell anybody because we were still trying to figure it out, which is fine. But we were on break. We weren't together. D-Wade started seeing somebody else and had this baby and then we were back together. And then he had to tell Gabby that, oh, by the way, this woman that I had sex with sans condom while we were on break. Now she's having my baby. So there was always the idea that we weren't together. I didn't cheat on her. I'm not a terrible person. It's a safe face, if you will, for both of them. Because her staying with him after he had an outside baby, she would have been raked over the coals as having like no self-esteem. All the terrible things they say about women who stay which, you know, they also talk shit about women who leave. It's really a no-win. So Shannon Sharp and D-Wade are doing this interview. And I'm going to read it to you because I watched it and I was like, did he just admit to that? Does he know he admitted to that? Because he was just speaking so casually. And I was like, I don't even think he's aware that he just basically admitted that they lied to us, which we all knew was a lie. So I'm reading this on page six. This is the second paragraph. It says, the retired NBA player looked back on the 2013 scandal in an interview with Shannon Sharp on Wednesday admitting he, quote, tried to break up with his now wife instead of coming clean. D-Wade says at the time he told Gabby, quote, hey, things have been bad lately. We've been having a little distance in our relationship anyway. He says, however, Gabby, quote, kept showing up for him. So y'all were together. Tried to break up means y'all are together and he can't figure out how to do it. She kept showing up for him. So y'all were together. But he's having this conversation with Shannon Sharp and he's just talking freely. And I believe he's speaking very honestly. He's had literally 10 years to reflect on all of this. And I don't even think he even caught himself when he said it. And then Shannon Sharp, if he did catch it, that like, well, you know, you said at the time it was a break, baby. If he did catch it, he didn't say it in the interview. And I was like, all right, finally, finally, we're actually telling the truth here. I'm not mad at it. It's another situation that, again, the public really didn't need to know. And we really didn't need to be in the group chat, but yet there we were. And they both wanted to save face. They have public images that they were trying to protect. It's just, you know, we all knew you were lying at the time. I'm glad you've come clean all these years later, even though it seemingly was unintentional. Thank you for your honesty. You really never had to lie to begin with. I mean, for obvious reasons, I don't condone cheating, but like niggas do it every day, B. Make outside babies, niggas do it every day, B. Women staying when a man does it, women do it every day, B. That's a lot to put up with. I'll tell you this much. <laughs>
One, I wouldn't do it. I left for less just because it wouldn't be the right decision for me. I mean, Gabby is seemingly happy. Seemingly, I say. They both talk too much. I just said D-Wade did it. But I was like, Gabby talks too. You know what I wouldn't do? I'd be damned if we were dating and you went and had a baby. Right after that, I'd get back with you. And people brought this up when Gabby was talking about the 50-50 thing. It's like, wait, so you had a baby on me. I marry you. And then somewhere in the process of us being married, you say something to me so crazy about my money or my house or my whatever. And D-Wade and Gabby have publicly admitted to this. That's not me speculating. You say something about my, my, my when I'm your whole wife. And then Gabby was like, we could, we could nip that my, my in the bud right now. Let's go 50-50 on everything so you can't talk to me crazy about my, my. And I was like, is that really a win for you? Like he makes excessively more money than you do. Like I can see if there was like an, you know, an equitable maybe split. Y'all are paying the same percentage. Gabby don't have retired NBA money. I mean, she makes good money. She's not a broke lady. But I'm like, you don't have retired NBA money. Why are you going 50-50? And then when she was explaining her 50-50 thing, she was like, you know, I have family obligations. I have obligations for this. I have obligations for that. And no, I don't expect my husband to like pay for my family commitments. And I was like, girl, why not? He had a break baby on you. Like, what did you get out of the break baby? You ain't get no leverage? And I was like, babe, what are you doing? Like on top of that, like we know you eat his ass because you told us. They really just tell way too much because there's really no reason we should know how they split their finances or that she eats his ass. We shouldn't know that. But they do interviews and they tell all their business. I just, they need to not do interviews. I mean, maybe they don't care. Maybe they're transparent people and they're like, yo, here we are, flaws and all. Break babies, ass eating, 50-50 splitting. Like it's just, you know, this is who we are and fuck it. I don't know. I wouldn't tell folks that. They do look happy, though. I guess that's the part that really matters. I don't know how happy I could be struggling to pay my bills being married to an NBA player who had a break baby on me and talked to me crazy enough that I wanted to split the bills. I don't know. That's just me. We were talking about this on my Facebook page, and I was like, you know, people have a lot of criticism about their relationship, but I think most people, not me, I wouldn't, but I think most people especially the ones that like dog Gabby out. I think they probably changed places with her in a heartbeat. I value peace above everything else. Everybody doesn't. I hope they have peace though. Do we want to talk about Little Kim versus Ebony? I respect Ebony as a legacy black publication. I'm not trying to do too much. Ebony has a hip hop 50 cover, like damn near every other magazine in America. And they decided to put Little Kim on it. Um, Little Kim is, to me, is a hip-hop icon. I can still quote hardcore start to finish. Like, I, I really love Little Kim. Not at all mad that Ebony chose to honor her for hip-hop's 50th. I would like to see more magazines, more um, concerts feature more women, honor more women in hip-hop. I mean, I know there was that Netflix documentary. That was really, really good. But even at, like, the VMAs the other day, like, there was a hip-hop 50 and Nikki was the only person that performed. And I was like, I don't have anything against Nikki. Like, she's a very accomplished. That's not true. I have things against Nikki. Musically, I don't really have much against Nikki. Like, she's a very accomplished woman. She broke several records. She left her imprint on the genre. You can't really talk about women in hip hop and not mention her name. But she was the only woman that performed for the VMA's hip hop tribute. And I was like, where's, where's the rest of the women? There are more women than Nicki Minaj. Like, I'm not mad Nikki was there, but like, other people, you think maybe they should be added to? No? Kim? No? Oh. Not, oh, okay, just, oh. 
Meg and Cardi did also perform at VMA. So they were women in hip hop on stage. But I was like, you know, with the tribute, you went and found all of these men. Like you brought out like 10 men. You could only find one woman, just Nikki. That's it. Just Nikki. Okay. Not okay. Just, oh. So I really love that Ebony featured Little Kim on the cover. I saw the cover. Let me choose my words carefully because I don't want to be disrespectful. Kim's been through a lot and she's been dragged for decades. There's, I, I don't want to contribute to the dragging. I think there's a way to discuss her honestly, but also respectfully. Kim has had a lot of plastic surgery. Some of it is to correct her face after she's been physically beaten by men that she's dated. I think the story is that she's had two broken noses from different men that she dated and she had nose jobs to fix her broken nose. Other changes that she's made, she's done without, I would say, necessity. She is virtually unrecognizable from the artist I was introduced to in 1996. And Ebony shot her for the cover, nevertheless. And there's some dispute over who had control of Photoshop. Little Kim says that she and her team approved the image that they wanted to use for the Ebony cover. And she is upset that a different image was used. She blasted Ebony in an Instagram post and she posted the picture that she and her team selected and wanted to be used. And so people have been contrasting the photo that Little Kim says that she wanted versus the cover that Ebony ran. I stared at those side-by-side photos. Very, very minor differences. She is lighter on the Ebony cover. It seems more like they gave her more of a glow. I wouldn't say they necessarily like tried to lighten her to make her whiter per se. She has a snag in her stocking that wasn't fixed on her version that Ebony fixed. You can see the nip imprint on the outfit on her version. Ebony took the nip imprint out. She has a mole above her lip on the Ebony cover. The mole is taken out on her version of the cover. And if you stare at it long enough, her head looks smaller on the Ebony cover. I don't know what that's about. And I only see it when I stare at the cover. I think for little Kim to be like, you know, like they botched my cover. If you have to stare at it to actually see a difference, it's not botched to me. Little Kim says that she picked the image, but Ebony had control of the photoshopping and they botched her cover. Ebony says that little Kim had Photoshop control of the cover and what she submitted was this blurry face photo and her version is very blurry that they wanted to use. And then Ebony had to, I guess, clean it up because they were like, we can't run your version because it looks crazy. She doesn't really look like a person, not on her version of the cover that she approved, nor on the Ebony cover. Keith Major is, I want to say the photo director of Ebony and photographer. He's been such at least, I would say, for the last year and change. He was the photographer on the Iman Tayana cover. He was also the photographer on the Jennifer Hudson cover. Because Ebony stays with a good cover. Keith Majors has been the photographer on all of those covers. When he says Little Kim had creative control of the cover and that's how the cover end up, ended up like that, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here that the man knows how to shoot a photo. You know what else Keith Majors shot? 
that Jonathan Majors cover before he was persona non grata and everybody was still in love with him. Keith Majors shot that too. The man can shoot. Ebony always does video covers. They released the video cover of Little Kim. She's virtually unrecognizable. The video version of her. How do I say this kindly? I think any publication that put Little Kim on the cover was going to catch heat and hell because of the way that Little Kim looks in real life. We all know what she used to look like and we can see what she looks like now. Every time she performs, every time there's a, a photo of her on the red carpet or or anywhere, every time there's a photo of her, the conversation is always the same about what she used to look like versus what she looks like now. I don't really see the commentary about the Ebony cover much different than the way that it always is. Just like I don't see much difference between the photo that Kim wanted and the photo that Ebony ran. Like, it's just, it was a no-win situation. And Ebony had to know that. I'm glad they put her on the cover despite it because I think Kim deserves her flowers. I just wish the conversation about the cover wasn't about Kim versus Ebony versus celebrating Kim's contributions to hip-hop. I really don't want to talk about this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I don't want to save it for next week. <sighs> VMAs happened last week. Nikki's one of the hosts. Cardi's one of the performers. Some guy, I'm not sure if he's part of Nicki Minaj's camp. I think he's a friend of her husband. Started talking shit on social media about Cardi. Offset saw it and responded to him, where you located? He said, you niggas pussy speaking on female business. He added, and talking crazy, broke ass, don't got money for war. I just also want to say how difficult it is to read these texts. None of these people use proper punctuation. Dude who's a friend of Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty, the convicted sex offender who's on probation, his friend talks shit about Cardi. Offset sees it, slides in the man's DM. This man, this man, this friend, Nicki Minaj's husband, and some other random dude post a video in New York. Some people are saying they pulled up outside Offset's hotel and they're talking shit on the video. Nicki Minaj's husband, who once again, a convicted sex offender who is currently on parole. He gets in this video where he says, quote, plan that vacation. You're going to be planning your funeral, pussy. We out here to talk, right? Let's talk. But you know we ain't talking, though, pussy-ass nigga. I don't know who y'all think y'all playing with. Sir, 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 you are on parole. You are uploading videos to Al Green's internet of you making threats of violence. Why? This would still be stupid if you were a teenager. You are a 40-something-year-old man, someone's husband and someone's father, on parole doing this dumb shit. I heard about the video. People were clowning it. They were like, Nicki Minaj, this is your husband? You considered one of the greatest rappers alive. You're the only woman performing for Hip Hop 50. You are listed among legends. And this is who you married? 
This kind of drama is what you lay in bed at night with. Really, Nikki? Really? I'm like, Nikki ain't do it. Nikki ain't do it. He did it. And people were like, yeah, but she married to this nigga. She married to the type of nigga that does this. Something got to be wrong with her too. It's actually fair. It's actually fair. She's not responsible for what he did. But, you know, the whole marrying a sex offender thing. I'm like, of all the men in all the world, like, where is the line? Where is the bar? Can somebody go get it from hell and bring it back up to surface? Because I saw the video circulating. I read the next day, this nigga on house arrest because his parole officer saw the video and was like, ah, 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 too much, doing too much. Kenneth Petty, I'm reading this on Hollywood Reporter, the husband of Nicki Minaj. Is that, your, is that his whole job? His whole job is the husband of Nicki Minaj. The husband of Nicki Minaj has been ordered to serve 120 days of home detention after violating the terms of his probation by posting clips on social media that appeared to threaten the rapper Offset. In a court order filed Wednesday in the Central District of California, Petty was ordered to undertake home monitoring after he was, quote, recorded on video making threatening remarks to a specific individual while in the company of someone with a criminal record. Sir? Sir, you ain't got no better sense than this. The Hollywood Reporter goes on to explain that the husband of Nicki Minaj, he do this dumb shit, her name gets dragged into it. Nobody's talking about the fabulous VMA performance. Nobody's talking about Pink Friday 2. All they talk about is her sex offender husband, 40 some odd years old, threatened somebody on video and now on house arrest. The Hollywood Reporter goes on to note, Petty was sentenced to three years probation in July 2022 after pleading guilty to failing to register as a sex offender in the state of California in 2020. They go on to reiterate, in 1995, Petty was convicted for the first-degree attempted rape of a 16-year-old girl and spent four years in prison in New York. Nikki, what are you doing, sis? He don't know what the fuck he's doing. Now your name is tied up in his shenanigans. Nobody says anything about Nicki Minaj without talking about sex offender. Nikki. Nikki. You better than this. As talented as you are, as beautiful as you are. Like this, this is, it's sad. Nikki tried to deflect from it. She posted the picture of this woman and she says, two times my home was surrounded by large guns. This woman wanted a family with a two-year-old to be shot at, yet nothing on any blog. Although I was all in the shade room comments and they were like, what are you talking about? That was definitely on the blogs. Nikki continues, this same person made a false claim to CPS. She says, when you have snitches in high places of the music industry who don't want you to win, but realize they can't stop you because God's anointing in my life is very real. Is she on drugs? Nevertheless. She says, funny how this person hasn't been found, mentioned, arrested, nada. She said, it's still protect black women or nah, no sympathy needed. Then she says, and this is all in one paragraph. At least she's using periods. This is slightly better than Offset. She says her new single, she says the snippet of her new single is doing numbers on TikTok. She says Pink Friday 2 is so good. Again, this is all in one paragraph. Love you. It's great when the label is excited about your album. So she talks about somebody calling CPS, her home being surrounded by large guns, and promoting her new album and singles all in the same paragraph. Ma'am? I know for a fact you can make different paragraphs on Instagram because I do it all the time, ma'am. 
people quickly called her out and they were like, ma'am, nobody cares about the swatting thing. And they were like, for you to bring it up now, you're just clearly trying to distract from the fact that your husband is on house arrest. You could talk about swatting and you could talk about how we didn't care, but your husband still can't go outside. We outside. He not outside. He can't go outside. If he go outside, he go back to jail. Ma'am, what are you doing? You know what I'm about to say? Because I say it about other people too. I just want I just want to grab Nikki by the shoulders and do the Angela Bassett yell at her. Like, remember who you are. You're one of the most talented rappers alive. Like, you can say whatever you want about Nikki, her disposition, the way she beats with other artists and whatever else. Like, she's an incredibly talented woman and her presence changed hip hop. I want better for you. It actually is not even about me. I want you to want better for yourself. You are one of the greats. And every time your name is mentioned, it's affiliated with fuckery. And she's constantly talking about how she doesn't get her just due. All, the, all these bitches want to be me. All these niggas are my sons. You want to position yourself as like the top chick. No one's ever going to consider you that or take you seriously, no matter your talent. As long as you married to this fuck nigga. They're just not. You're like you're married to a sex offender, sis. And it's not even like his criminal shit was 20 years ago and there's been a misunderstanding and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, he is currently on probation and he's also currently on house arrest. Ma'am, 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 you are a multimillionaire. And this is who you chose to be your husband and the father of your kids, ma'am. I'm not even saying it on some clown shit. I'm just really saying it on some like, Sis, because Nikki 40-something, she's sis. She's not even cousin. Sis, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? That's the episode this week. We'll be back on Tuesday. Hopefully with better news, because this week is all shenanigans, and I still didn't cover everything. Oh, maybe I did. I didn't talk about how Deion Sanders is men's version of Beyonce. He ain't on tour, but everybody's headed out to Colorado to see him. Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith went out there. I saw The Rock was out there. There's some other folks who've been, but men are heading there in droves to see Dion live. <laughs> Technically his team, but really Dion live. They, they be all excited. They got so much joy. They finding all these old clips of Dion Sanders performing on Saturday Night Live. The same way we go watch old Destiny Child's clips or early interviews for Beyonce. They're just so amused by everything Dion right now. His sunglasses, his quotables, his confidence. All right, that's the episode. We'll be back. On Tuesday, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. There's actually a couple other things on my list, but nothing so pressing that it can't wait. All right, bye.